Well, I'm sorry you guys have to see the preacher's backside today, all right? Does anybody need sunglasses today? Anybody need sunglasses? Do we need to dim these lights right here for y'all? Sorry about that. And sorry about that over here. And uh, actually, these are box seats over here. These cost more than the rest, all right? And uh, anyway, man, isn't it good to be in God's house today? I'm glad we can have fun. I'm glad we can have a good time in the Lord's house. By the way, everything you see, everything that, that's going on, inside, outside, everything, it's all designed for one purpose, and that's just for the family of God to come in fellowship. We want this place to be the kind of place that you want to be around. We have people getting here 45 minutes, an hour early. That's what we want. Just enjoy coming. And some folks stay in afterwards. 45 minutes, an hour, hour, hour and a half. And that's uh, what we want, and we love it. This is a good place to hang out. Can I say that? Can I, can I, you know what I'm talking about when I say that. That's probably not the best uh, choice of words, but you know what I'm talking about. This is a great place to be, and we thank the Lord for that. I want you to take your Bibles this morning. Please turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. Again, we've been there for many weeks. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to begin reading right around verse number 35 today, Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 35. How many remember the billboards along the interstates or the highways, and it had either something crazy on it that caught your attention or something really cute on it? And then it had these big, bold captions Made you look. Made you look. I feel like that's where we've been for the last three months. I believe that God has posted some billboards. And in big, bold captions, God has said, made you look. You know what? If the truth of the matter is, how can anybody ignore What's happened in the last three months? Most of us, most of us have never seen anything like what's happened in the last three months. Even a lot of our older folk. These are unprecedented days. We have a worldwide, not just a national, but a worldwide pandemic. And then we're not even out of that. Now, they, now we have nationwide anarchy on our hands. And I guess, I guess had they not called the, the National Guard in, I guess they'd just burn Minnesota to the ground or Minneapolis to the ground. We've got rioting everywhere. We've got protests. And I'm not against protesting, by the way. That's, that's an American right. And I wholeheartedly endorse protesting. But breaking into Target and taking six TVs is not protesting. And burning small businesses to the ground that somebody with their blood, sweat, and tears put together is not protesting. There's a, there's a big difference, by the way. And we're seeing all these things unfold in our nation. And I feel like, without a shadow of a doubt, it is God saying, you better look. What we've seen, what we've seen on Fox News, CBS, NBC, whatever, whatever you watch, whatever you've seen this week, the internet, 
and my wife and I have talked about this a lot, I honestly believe what you've seen this week is exactly to the T what you're going to see happen during the tribulation period. Amen. Except on an epic scale. This week we watched a city that was in total, it was totally out of control. Totally out of control. And you know what? That's exactly what the world is going to be when the tribulation takes place. It's going to be out of control. It'll literally spiral out of control. For just a little bit, the Antichrist will come on the scene and he'll make it seem like he's got an answer. But then it won't be too long before everyone, everyone will see that the world is at its end. I want to talk to us about that a little bit today. And so I want you to find your place in Matthew chapter 24. When you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. Matthew 24 and verse Number 35, the Bible says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. And so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. I want you to notice verse 43. It's our text. But know this. That if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. Well, I'm telling you what, the Spirit of God is here so strong today. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. You may be seated this morning, and just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about that subject, a house broken up, a house broken up. I want to ask you a question this morning as we start, and I'll pray, and we'll jump right into the Bible study this morning. Will your house be broken up? Will your house be broken up? And so, a serious question this morning, will your house, your, your personal house, will your house be broken up. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll, we'll uh, ask the Lord to help us today. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary again today. God, thank you for being so faithful to meet with us through the power and the, the presence of your precious Holy Ghost. We're not far into the Holy Spirit. We know it's a teaching of the Word of God. We've got to have the Spirit of God here today if this service is going to make a difference. We don't want just form. We don't want just order of service, all those things are fine. But God, we need your spirit today. Except the spirit of the Holy One come down, all will be in vain. I don't know why I feel so impassioned about what I'm getting ready to talk about. I don't even expect our people to feel that way. I just know that right now in my spirit, there's something going on. 
And Lord, whenever I feel like that, I always think maybe there's someone in this service who'll never have another opportunity to hear this message again. Maybe somebody watching by way of live stream that will never have another opportunity to receive Christ as Savior. So Lord, I pray today that you'd help our hearts to be open, our minds to be attentive. And God, we do plead the blood of Jesus Christ over the service right now. We know that that the enemy is the prince of power of the air and he would love to try to distract. He'd love to try to hurt the sound system or whatever the case may be. So Lord, we pray right now that you would keep the, the powers of darkness out and I pray that your blessings would be within. We thank you for being such a wonderful Lord. Truly, you're great. We love you and praise you now. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Matthew 24, 43, but know this, that if the good of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. So-called scholars are forever trying to say that the words of the King James Version can always be improved. And they'll take a verse and they'll say something like this. This would have been a much better word to use instead of the one that was used in the King James Bible. Such is the case with our text this morning in Matthew chapter 24. Some have suggested that the phrase broken up could be rendered instead broken in two. But I'm going to be honest. I believe you have a perfect Bible this morning. I believe it's preserved. I believe it's pure. As pure as something in a furnace of earth purified seven times. And I believe this morning that the phrase broken up is without a doubt the more accurate thought that the Spirit of God is trying to convey here. Sadly, during the last days, many homes will be broken into. But more than that, they will literally be broken up. They'll be broken up. And in several different ways or in several different times. I'm going to share some of those with you this morning if I could. Just This is so simple this morning, but some, some ways or some times that the house will be broken up. How about this? Number one, homes will be broken up following the rapture, the rapture of the church. Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will. Hold your place at Matthew chapter 24, but I want you to turn over with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 13. When I begin to think about this idea of homes being broken up, I immediately begin to think about the rapture of the church. Homes will most definitely be broken up during the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. The Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Watch closely. The Bible says, then 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so according to Scripture today, all believers will be caught up at the rapture of the church. This is a good time to, to present this. We had some questions after the service on Wednesday night. And so this is a perfect opportunity for, uh, for us to share just a little bit with you about the rapture. Now, the word rapture, the word rapture is not in your Bible. You're not going to find that in your King James Bible this morning. Uh, and so the word rapture, you look in your concordance, uh, it's not there. The word rapture is not there. But the teaching of the rapture is very much a part of Scripture. The Bible uses the words caught up together, caught up. In there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, caught up. It's the Greek word harpazo or harpizo. And, and we get the word or the idea, it's the idea of, of harpoon, something that happens instantaneously or something that happens suddenly. It literally means, the words caught up, it literally means to snatch, to snatch or to seize. And again, again, it's the idea of something that happens quickly. Uh, you fellas that use a crossbow, you know what I'm talking about. You, man, you load that arrow on the string and that thing's got so much poundage to it and you pull that trigger and literally before you can even respond, that arrow harpoons away. It, it leaves the, the, the string. That's what the Bible is talking about here. Now, the book of Corinthians, the book of Corinthians tells us that this event will happen, the rapture of the church will happen in the twinkling of an eye. I want to draw your attention there if I could as well. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 51. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And look, if you will, at verse number 51. And, and again, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church of Corinth, gives us a, a little bit of an, an idea about the rapture of the church. The Bible says there in verse number 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We're not all going to pass away, the Bible says. Not everybody's going to die. Uh, we're not all going to meet the undertaker. Some are going to meet the upper taker. Amen. I'm hoping the upper taker comes very, very soon. I'm going to be honest with you. And so the Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Verse 52, In a moment, in the twinkling of of an eye. Notice that now. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. In the twinkling, the twinkling of an eye. By the way, it's the only time that word twinkling is used in all of the Bible. In the twinkling of an eye. And the word twinkling there means this. It means a beat. It's the idea of a heartbeat. Uh, your heart has beat time and time and time again, even since you've been sitting in this room. And you, you haven't even realized. You haven't paid attention to it. And our heart just beats without us even knowing it. And it beats hundreds and thousands of times in just, a, just a, a little span of time. And it's the idea of a heartbeat. It's the idea. It means this. It means an instant. An instant in the twinkling. In an instant. In the blink of an eye, the Bible says a trumpet will sound and those who are saved will be instantaneously snatched away. Now, Brother Allen, I've got an audio file on this next screen. If you'll be sure you give me good sound. I cannot tell you exactly what you're going to hear 
when the rapture of the church takes place. But I do know this. If you're here today and you are born again, I believe that you're going to hear something like this. You say, preacher, is that what it's going to sound like? I don't know. But I do know this. The Bible says the trumpet's going to sound. One of these days when the rapture of the church takes place, that trumpet is going to sound. And those of us who are born again, those of us that have been saved, we've trusted Christ as our personal Savior. The Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, how the Bible teaches that instantaneously in the twinkling of an eye, you know what, we will, we will be called away. Uh, we will leave this land of sorrow. Now, that tells us something else. It tells us that ultimately, that precisely at that moment, that many homes will be broken up. What do you mean, pastor? Those who are lost, when that trumpet sounds, those who are saved are caught away. Those who are lost will be left behind. You say, well, maybe it won't be too bad, pastor. It'll be worse than any preacher can describe. But not only that, but the Bible's very clear about those that are left behind. The Bible says that those who are left behind will be sent strong delusion. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now again, just a simple thought today. But the, but, but the Bible says that homes are going to be broken up, not just broken in two. We've seen places broken in two this week. We've got a, a good idea of what it means to be broken in two. But I believe the Bible's going further than that. Homes are not going to be just broken in two. Homes are literally going to be broken up. I'm talking about family units. I'm talking about moms and dads. I'm talking about teenagers. I'm talking about grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and, uh, and neighbors. Homes literally during the rapture of the church or following the rapture of the church are going to be broken up. But there's another time. Not only the rapture of the church, but number two, homes will be broken up following the second coming of Christ. Those, and by the way, which is what we were reading about today, earlier today, Matthew chapter 24. Those who, during the tribulation, have been loyal to the Antichrist. Those who have decided to purposely reject Christ and take the mark of the beast. Those that are lost without Jesus Christ. Following the battle of Armageddon, the lost will instantly and supernaturally be gathered up and sent to hell. I want you to turn back over with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24, and look at verse number 36 with me. Matthew 24, and verse number 36. 
The Bible says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, speaking of the second coming of Christ. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Notice this, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came, notice this phrase, and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other left. By the way, this is not talking about the rapture. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. In other words, the Lord is going to come after seven years of terrible tribulation, horrible tribulation, a tribulation that really our minds can't even comprehend. After seven years of tribulation, Jesus Christ will come, not as a savior, but a conqueror. He will come not to die. He will come to rule and to reign on heaven, on earth. And for 1,000 years, he will set up his millennial kingdom on this earth and he will rule and reign. There'll be no president. There'll be no uh, prime minister. There'll be no uh, congress or senator. Listen, he will be prophet, priest, and king for 1,000 years. During that time, those who are lost when Jesus comes will be gathered up. As the days of Noah were, who was taken in Noah's day? Think about this. Who was taken in Noah's day? Those who were unrepentant, those who, were, those who weren't in the ark were taken by the flood. And one of these days when Jesus Christ comes again, those who aren't in the ark, you say, what ark? Jesus. <laughs> by the way, the ark is a picture of Jesus. <laughs> And by the way, some of these movies they're putting out, Hollywood movies they're putting out, and man, they're plugging holes and plugging leaks in the ark. I'm going to tell you what, I don't believe the ark leaked. I believe it was totally secure. I believe it, listen, I believe it was divine. It was supernatural. It's a perfect picture of Jesus Christ. But wait a minute, those in the second coming of Christ, those that aren't in the ark, those that aren't in Jesus Christ, according to the word of God, they will be gathered up and they'll be reserved to the day of judgment. Well, you say, preacher, I don't believe that. And I, I, one of the things I, I notice as I study this out, there's so many different beliefs about this. But there's one thing that we can agree on, and that's this, that the Bible is most definitely teaching that a day of separation is coming. It's coming. And at that very moment, many, many homes will be broken up. Now, if we haven't been practical so far, I think we're getting ready to be. So homes will be broken up the rapture of the church. Homes will be broken up at the second coming of Christ. But how about this, Calvary? Homes are being broken up as we speak. As a direct result of what I'm going to call apathy. Apathy. What is apathy, preacher? It's a lack of interest. It's a lack of enthusiasm. Now hear me out, church. We're done, but hear me out. I'm talking about those who are living as if they have plenty of time. I'm talking about the procrastinators. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. I'm talking about those who say, preacher, one of these days, somebody ought to make a song with those words, one of these days. One of these days, preacher, you're not going to believe how fired up I'm going to get about Jesus. 
One of these days I'm going to get serious about church. One of these days I'm going to start reading my Bible. One of these days I'm going to come become a dedicated Christian. One of these days I'm going to be the daddy that my kids need and boy, they're going to see God in me. And one of these days I'm going to come become a godly spouse and a, and a Christ-like spouse. And, and, and listen to me, my dear friend, because of that spirit of apathy, you know what? Your home is literally about to be broken up. Did you know the, 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 did you know the enemy uses apathy? To break up homes. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Listen, hear hear me out today, church. You know what? Your kids, your kids need to know which direction you're going. And if they see you're a double-minded man or a double-minded daddy or a double-minded mama, you know what? God's not a priority and the church is really not a priority in your life. Your kids see that double standard. You know what? We live one way at church. We live another way at home. I mean, the standard of church is here. The standard of home is way down here. That that apathetic spirit. Did you know there's coming a day when your kids will follow your example? Now, I I, I get it. I get it. A lot lot of little kids in this church. A lot. Man, we've got loads, loads of little kids. By the way, isn't that wonderful? It's great. And you know what? When, when they're little, I think about little Moses came trotting in today. When they're little like that, you can say, hey, boy, you do what I say. You do what I say. And you know what? He does it. You know why? Because he has to. But I'm going to tell you something. When they get 16, they may do what you say while you're watching. But ultimately, they start following your example. And they start living out the life that you've shown before them. Statistics tell us that there is one divorce, one divorce approximately every 36 seconds in America. That means there are 2,400 divorces that take place every single day in the United States. The current divorce rate for third marriages, 73%. In 2019, there were 15.76 million children living with a single mother. No dad in the picture at all. And about 3.23 million children living with a single father. What's your point? My point is our homes, we're not going to have to wait for the rapture. And we're not going to have to wait for the second coming. Our homes are being destroyed right now as we speak. Why, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because of a spirit of apathy. Man, we, 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 we don't want to, to yield our lives and submit our lives and dedicate to the cause of Christ. This is all I'm saying, church. Hey, Daddy, would you get serious about serving God today? Hey, Mom, would you get serious about being a godly mother today? Hey, would you get serious about making God a priority in your life and the Bible a priority in your life and prayer a priority in your life? Oh, listen to me, church. We don't have time to wait around. Our homes are being broken up presently. So the the daddy tucked his family in bed, tucked his little boy in the bed, thought he was asleep. And then the urge hit him and he thought, you know what, I'm gonna gonna go, I'm gonna go down here to the tavern and get me a drink. Tucked his little boy away, walked down the hallway to the closet, got his coat out, it was wintertime, got his coat out, got his snow boots on, 
went out the back door, made sure to close it very, very lightly so no one would hear. And he thought, all the family's asleep, kids are in the bed, nobody will ever know. He's walking through the snow to the tavern down there to get some more alcohol. You ever have one of those, you ever have one of those situations where you felt like somebody was watching you? You didn't know why, but you felt like somebody was watching you. He's almost to the tavern. The snow's just really, really falling. And, and he just felt like th that somebody was watching. So he turned around. And what he didn't realize was this. His little boy, when he tucked his little boy in the bed, his little boy was not asleep. In fact, his little boy got up out of the bed and peered down the hallway and he watched dad. He watched dad went to the closet, got his big coat on. He watched his dad, got his galoshes on, his snow boots on. He watched his dad, went out the back door, closed the door very, very carefully and silently. The little boy walked down the hallway, opened the closet. He got his heavy coat on. And just like daddy, he put his snow boots on. He went to the back door and just like dad, very carefully, he let the door close behind him. And as that dad that day, almost at the tavern, looked around, this is what he saw. He saw that little boy and he was having to step wide, but he was stepping in the footprints of his daddy. Walking in the footsteps of his dad. You know what, you know what I'm saying, Calvary? A lot of homes will be broken up the rapture. And a lot of homes will be broken up the second coming of Christ. But I'm afraid long before those events take place, if we don't get serious about serving Jesus Christ, a lot of homes are going to be broken up right now. There's a song. There's a song that goes like, old. it's an oldie. It goes like this. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hearse come rolling for to carry my mother away. And then it says, will the circle be unbroken by and by, Lord, by and by. Ask a question. Will your circle be unbroken? You know what ought to happen? We ought to have some families that just get downright burdened about some lost kids, some lost babies. You know what ought to happen today? I want to have some siblings that get just downright burdened about brothers and sisters that are lost without Jesus Christ and on their way to a Christless hell. You know what really probably ought to happen today? Man, this altar just ought to be flooded with people walking down here and saying, Lord, don't let my circle be unbroken. I don't know about y'all. I love this little redhead over here. I want her in heaven with me. And every one of my kids, great day, I love them. And their husbands and wives, we love them. And we want every one of them in heaven with us. We have seven grandchildren. They are the greatest thing since peanut butter, man. I mean, really, they really are. If I'd known they were that great, I'd just had them first. Amen, just skip the kids all together. 
And I have Taylor. Taylor's what, 10 years old now? 10 years old. 10 years old. She acts like a teenager, Lisa. And I think about little Mason and, and Jojo and Leah. <laughs> and I think about little Barrett and Moses and Hadrian. I'm going to be honest. I can't imagine going to heaven and them staying behind. Calvary, what happened to our burden? What happened to our burden? You know, just as sure as I'm here this morning, somebody's sitting out there, you've got a lost mama. She's as lost, and you love her to death. But if she don't get saved, she'll be here for what I talked about today. I just wonder who's here today would, in just a moment, come and say, God, would you save Mama? Lord, could you give me an opportunity to witness to Dad? God, would you save my brothers and sisters? They're not in church anywhere, not serving God, don't care about the Bible. Jesus is coming. So I ask you a question. Will your house be broken up? Hey, Calvary, let's, let's do business with the Lord today. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Lord, I, this has been a sober, sobering message. But Lord, I really felt this was the will of God for this morning. Father, would you burden our hearts? Lord, don't let our circles be broken up. Lord, don't let our homes be broken up. God, would you help us to do everything we can do to win our families to God? Would you help us to do everything we can do to get people into the house of the Lord? God, would you give us moms and dads that are serious about serving God? Lord, we've played around long enough. We've had a double standard long enough. Lord, it's time to get sold out. It's time to get serious. Time's short. I believe the billboard you're saying, I made you look. Time's short. What we're going to do for Christ, we better do now. God, today, would you burden our hearts? Burden our hearts for that coworker. Burden our hearts for that neighbor. Burden our hearts for that lost family member. And God, help our circles not to be broken. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed today. Hey, let me ask a question real quick. The altar's wide open. Many are in the altar already. If you need to come, you come on right now. Just step out. I wonder how many are here today. You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm born again. There's not even a doubt about it. And with the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you can say that, would you just slip your hand up right now? You'd say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. That's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask a second question, though. Is there one here anywhere? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down an aisle. I've never done that. But I wonder if there might be one here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure of heaven. 
Would you remember me today? Please pray for me, Pastor. Right now, you'd slip your hand up and let me remember you in prayer. Is there one anywhere? You'd raise it real high. Raise it real high so I don't miss you today. Is there one anywhere like that? Preacher, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. We're going to pause just for, just for a few moments. And if God is speaking to your heart and you need to come, listen, you come while we wait today. We're going to make our way to the front. And if you're here and you need prayer, listen, you come. We'll be glad to pray with you. Maybe you're here, you say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've never been baptized. I need to follow the Lord in baptism. Why don't you come? Make yourself a candidate for baptism today. Pastor, we're saved, but we're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We feel it would be God's will that we join with this, with this uh, family. You come today. Maybe you're here today. You need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Whatever it is, this time's just for you, okay? You come right now while we wait.